Zillman Fusion. Beginning in five, four, three, two, one. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? It's Geek Stuff, TNG. Who? The longest-running geek-related podcast out there, Geek Stuff, TNG. Allegedly. Allegedly. But uh, also, really. Who the hell are you? I'm Peter, by the way. Doctor Strange. Oh, you're using your made-up names. Um, I'm Spider-Man, then. I am the Senate. I am the Sandwich. I can handle things! I'm smart! Not like everybody says! They don't know what it's like running a sandwich shop. You know, it takes a village to run uh, the sandwich shop. Look at that. He's making me cry. I'm Groot. I am Batman. I am West Coast Scott. Great Scott! Oh, actually, he's the boss. I just pay for everything and design everything and make everyone look cooler. I am Big Kev. Who the hell knows why talent does what they do? That's why they're talent. Me and Scott. Yeah. yeah, the real talent on the show. Oh boy, as I like to say you're gonna need a bigger potion. I have a very long history with those characters. Scott will remember this, but Sandwich won't because he was four. I understood that reference. I am Optimus Prime. Why did you say that name? Punch it. Well, welcome back to episode 705, right? Second one of uh, 2023 with yes. our new recording schedule on Fridays now. Uh, still just uh, the sandwich and I. Uh, Mr. Kev is uh, taking care of some business. So uh, he's not going to well, be yeah, You got to close the fourth quarter, you know, closing the, the, the fourth quarter of 2022 and opening the new 2023, you know, leads to a lot of things that have to be, you know, put together. So got to get know, those Glenn Gary leads ready. Is that, that what we're going to do? Yes. Yes. Yeah. All of them, all of them at once. <laughs> I like that idea. So, so speaking of, uh, business decisions, uh, did you see that, uh, John Fogarty finally has the rights to the CCR songs? So I'm going to first ask you, do you know who John Fogarty is? Uh, well, so I know the band, you know, the band CCR. Yes. So, yeah, he basically, I mean, he was one of the main guys, and he basically wrote many of the songs, and then he went on okay. to become solo, and literally, the band CCR, the uh-huh. business organization of Creedence Clearwater Revival, at some yes. point, sued John Fogarty because his songs sounded too much like CCR songs, right? Like, they're, like, tried to sue him for plagiarism of the songs that he wrote, like, the songs that he wrote while he was in CCR, and then songs he wrote on his own stands. Anyway, he's finally uh, in charge of his own songs. So, I don't know. Good for him. I don't know if that's geek-related, but, I mean, you know, it was in the news. I thought I would bring it up. 
It's pop culture, sort of. Pop culture, yeah. Uh, you know, geek pop culture, all that. The longest running pop culture geek related podcast. In yeah, the someone said that in the intro. I think. I, I think that's in the new intro. Yeah. Um, all right. So Rotten Tomatoes put out its list of the best comic book movies. Okay, so this is by Rotten Tomatoes score. So this isn't yes. necessarily box office or anything. Now, did you did you look at the list? Uh, no. Also, uh, in case we didn't say, welcome to Geek Stuff TNG, hopping right into the news. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I, I was, I got so excited. I got so excited. You know what? Maybe we should let's jump back. Let's jump back and do the intro stuff. You know, when Kev's not here, it's off the rails. I spend so much time trying to keep Kev on the rails. Then when Kev's not here, then I fall off the rails. <laughs> Who produces the keep, producer when the you, producer can't you, produce? You have to put, keep me on the rails when Kev's not here. So, welcome to this week's episode of Geek Stuff TNG, folks. Episode 705, West Coast Scottwitch, part four. Um, or or enters... to be named neighbor. What's what's a what's a four? The, the undiscovered country? No, I don't remember what's what Star Trek four. The voyage home. Uh, it's the voyage home. It would be the voyage the, home. The voyage home. Yeah. Let's go sandwich for the voyage home. Yeah. Unless we come up with a better name at some point. Yes. Uh, let's let's hit some of the wonderful Patreon things. Scott is excellent at that. So I'll let Scott handle that. But first, if you want to mention that we missed the intro, call us to the GVM line 201 730 2547. Or you can email us at geeks at gmail.com. We love being told we're wrong and when we were wrong. Oh, there's so many, so many voicemails that tells we're wrong, and I just never even put on the show. Um, be sure you're also following on all the social medias, right? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's Geek Stuff TNG and all those places. And then, yeah, if you want to support us over on the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash geekstufftng. Just a dollar a month, you get access to the Discord server. For uh, $3 a month, it's the Early Bird Special. You get the show as soon as we're done editing it. So, again, our schedule ha- production schedule has changed in 2023. So, we're now recording on Friday. So, you should get the episode sometime over the weekend. And then the new episodes pop up live on all the podcatchers on Mondays. And then for $5 a month, it's the bonus round. That's where you get the uh, vintage episodes of Big Kev's Geek Stuff, as well as other bonus shows like the Sandwich Shop that we may do from time to time. Uh, and then for $10 a month, you get to watch the show live and direct on Instagram Live when Kev is there to manage that part of the multimedia experience that is Geek Stuff TNG. Very exciting stuff. Very exciting stuff, folks. It never ends at Geek Stuff. Always new things happening. New intro, new year, nothing. More new stuff to come. You just don't know it yet. That's right. We're excited. I'm banging my table out of excitement. Yes, and that sounds so great on a podcast. Everybody loves absolutely. Tables. Everyone loves to loves to hear that. You, you like you like mousy, mousy clicks, mousy clicks. Everybody likes mousy clicks on a, on a yes. podcast. Chewing and eating. We don't have uh, Kev here to eat palm crisps, but I mean, we you know, we can eat something else. Our sponsored palm crisps. Yep. Oh, I, so. I have I have a snack in here, but I don't know if it's school appropriate. <laughs> let's see, let's let's just do this. Geek stuff. What's in the news? All right. So yeah. So back to best comic book movies of 2022. So don't look at the at the list. Okay. And so tell me. Now, so again, this has nothing to do with uh, box office. This is just the Rotten Tomato score. Think about what came out in 2022. What was the worst? Now they only there's only eight on the list here. So what's the well, worst to, rated you know superhero movie? I don't know what eight ones I can name just off the top. Can I get the eight, or would that be almost giving it away? No, you would know. You would know. I mean, you would know. The worst one. The worst one this year. I'm trying to think. I can't think of it. 
It let's see. They tried to have a comeback. They put it back in the theaters with this with its catchphrase that was awful. Oh, Morbius was this year? Yeah, <laughs> last year. Apparently, that was that was it. It had the lowest uh, the lowest score. Oh yeah, Morbius. Uninspired effects, uh, wrote performances, and borderline nonsensical story. Dreary mess is a vain attempt to make Morbius happen. Um, number seven is a movie called Samaritan with Stallone. I don't know that one. Um, that one was like on. that was like an Amazon only one. Mm-hmm. He was like a homeless dude with superpowers, basically. I think okay. I didn't see it. I so, heard it was like okay. So it's not necessarily based on other content. I don't know. I don't think there's a comic it's based okay. on. I can't think of one. All right. So number six, Black Adam, also in the rotten category. Uh, Fair. So then I mean, we we moved yeah. from from rotten to fresh. We get Thor: Love and Thunder, but I don't know. I mean, the audience must have liked that one a little I, bit more yeah. than I did. I think that would have. Well, I I don't know. Oh, the the audience is also. I feel like you know, especially with Marvel movies, they tend to almost skew. I feel more more in the fresh category because of the. I feel like there's there's an amount of Marvel street cred that it's almost like it needs like a like if if there's like an 80% if there's an 80% Marvel movie, I feel like it's a realistic like 75 to 70 mm-hmm. because Marvel adds just 10% by it being a Marvel film. Yeah, oh and being just part of, you're you're getting the goodwill from all of the other yeah, movies you have in the, 25 in the... not many movies have 25 other films backing it along with TV shows, yeah. you know. All right, so that could be true. So Thor, Love and Thunder get uh, bring into the top 5 and then Doctor Strange is number 4. So Werewolf by Night gets number three, which is in the Certified Fresh category now. I liked that one a lot, actually. That one was really cool. I actually thought it was Certified Fresh because um, it was so different than everything yeah. else we've gotten no, out it, of it Marvel It was well lately. done. Black and white. It looked good. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Was, it, was, it was good. Uh, so then you got number one and number two. What are, your, what are your picks for number one and number two? See, what's funny is I've, like, I know... I forgot some of the movies even came out, so I'm trying to think what I know what I would put. I think they would put number one as probably Black Panther. Yep, and it's but it's number two, which Surpri- kind of surprising me. So yes. what's the what's the other big superhero movie that came out last year? It's, it seems like so long ago. It doesn't even seem like it was last year. But I was. know that's that's the thing. It's going to be like, oh my god, they came out in 22. Um, I'm trying to think. I can't even think of what it is. It's the Batman. Oh my god, the Batman! <laughs> what? Yeah, that was like in March. Yeah, so it was early in the year, so it feels it feels like more than a year ago. So that gets the yeah. best the best rating uh, for for last year. That's fair. I mean, I I I, I if, if I had thought about it, I would definitely give him that number one because I like that movie a lot actually. But, but it does surprise me that well, I guess again, it's just based on audience score, mm-hmm. and so although Black Panther has a lot of goodwill to it, it probably doesn't have the same because of they had to deal with, uh, you know, Chadwick Boseman's death and work yeah. that into the story. And so it wasn't necessarily the story that they wanted to tell. They did a good job of handling it, but it probably didn't get the a score as high as well, you Batman, know what I, which I did think a pretty good too. job of, I think of doing it. Even just if you're looking at just the characters, it's a Batman movie. Mm-hmm. You know, Batman itself <laughs> almost has an amount of goodwill too. Um, and I just, I think the story... You know, it was a good representation of early Batman, mm-hmm. and that will always, I feel like, almost that that'll resonate with a lot more people. I feel like, yeah, initially, than like a Black Panther two, because you know, I imagine most people seen Black Panther one, but then it's you know, it's okay, it's not Chadwick, or maybe people don't like the direction it's going in, or maybe they think this or that. Like, there's a lot more reasons against Black Panther. Not saying it's a bad movie, 
but people might have their own stupid issues with it. Right. I say stupid, not say they're stupid, but you know what I mean. Right. All right. Well, uh, so let's see. I want to move on. Did you did you see Knives Out? No, no, I haven't. I know the sequel came out, like Glass Onion or something like that. Yeah, and we were trying to watch that the night before we left on the cruise and had to stop and go to bed because we were just too tired and then haven't finished it yet. So I'm like literally like two-thirds through a mystery and now I'm <laughs> and I had to stop on a shitty place to have to stop in the middle of a mystery. But, um, you know, people are just loving uh, Knives Out and... Um, not lives out glass onion, you know the, the yes. sequel to it. Good actors, good story. I mean, I, I'm enjoying it so far. So, yeah. Remind me, I guess in this, I know the the first movie is about like a family. Is this the same family? Is it a different family? No, the, or the only what's is there a continuity of, of it of some sort? It's it's the same detective, which is played by Daniel Craig. Uh, oh, okay. Benoit Blanc is is the character's name, and so. So yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I guess it's it's like a like an Agatha Christie, right? You know, like a like a murder she wrote, right? Like this guy is just you know the world's greatest detective, and they and and you can do as many movies as you want that he just yeah. comes and solves mysteries, right? Yeah. But it's you know again good cast, strong cast, like really you know a lot of a lot of big names in it, um, as was the first one, right? You know, the first one had uh, uh, Captain America, right? Uh, yes. Chris uh, Evans. Chris Evans and. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis, right? And who? Wasn't Jamie Lee Curtis? Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, uh, Christopher Plummer. I mean, lots, lots of really big actors that are have been in both of these. And it's funny when you know when you think you know Ryan Johnson uh, arguably destroyed the Star Wars universe, right? With with uh, was it Episode Eight? Eight. (laughs) And so, uh, and so there's Uh. it's like so when the stuff comes up about. like Knives Out was an excellent movie, uh, so it's it's not that he's not good at filmmaking. He's he's a great filmmaker. He just they should have just J.J. Abrams should have directed all three. Of, I think I think because it went in a different direction. I think you know, yeah, he he can do movies, and maybe it's not even that he can't do Star Wars, but there's. Something was amiss there. Maybe it was too many, you know, cooks in the kitchen. You know, one of those mm-hmm. tiring scenarios, or who knows what went wrong with uh, the Last Jedi behind the scenes. Uh, but I know what went wrong with it on the screen, and it was everything. Because some people, for some reason, think, "Oh, it's the best one of the three. And for those people, you're wrong. And I'd <laughs> appreciate you opening your eyes and taking the earplugs out next time you watch a movie. Yeah, I mean, it says that he's even more proud of. The Last Jedi, five years Why after, would... so he's you know he's doubling down on he loves it. Uh, it even says that uh, you know he had big huge arguments with Mark Hamill on the set, understandably. So, yeah, I mean, most people love their you know no one who's there have been people in the past who when their son is like a horrible human being like my baby would never do that, and that's what this man is doing. Yeah, my baby was a great movie. You didn't understand him. No, your movie was trash, and it did nothing for Star Wars, and it just set up um what a mediocre and a wet fart end to a mediocre trilogy for one of the best epics of modern times. <laughs> but enough about that. We've talked about that so many times, and we won't stop talking about it probably for another. I don't know how long the prequel hate really took. I feel like the prequel hate probably 
the prequels probably ended in what remember like 2008 2010 i think it ended like 2015 2016 right when it stopped being cool to hate it so i think we still have another like two or three years of hating the prequels and i mean the sequels before we can let it just be what it is so yeah you have two or three more years of a well no so if this is the five-year anniversary of last jedi so then yeah probably yeah another two three more years then at least so it was funny uh been kind of holding this story for when something about ryan johnson comes up uh at when we were at celebration and then when we went to disneyland with with kev yes um some guy had a shirt that said written and directed by ryan johnson in the star like from like a screenshot from star wars and kev's like takes a lot of balls to wear that shirt to celebration like to you know to a star wars geek event so i just thought i just remember that thought that was kind of funny um, so again, uh, I will give you the, my review of glass onion when I'm done watching it, but knives out was great as a mystery. You know, again, it's a whodunit. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like you're playing a game yeah. of clue, right? It's cool. Yeah. It out. And then once you, you know, once it's over, then you look back and they show you all the clues that were there from the beginning and you, you know, yeah. and you get it. So, yeah. uh, I, I, I only I, recently learned how to play clue. So, <laughs> so I, I appreciate that reference now. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I feel like I've got a really solid theory as to you know who done it and i'll let you know when uh you know w- once i've finished watching it. it it was the joseph gordon levitt clock right yeah that that's another that's the interesting thing right like George, joseph gordon levitt has had a cameo of some sort in all the ryan johnson movies sometimes yes. just an audio cue like he was in knives out and yes uh and the clock one, yeah. did it <laughs> yeah exactly and in, in the bathroom with the candlestick yeah so Okay, so Daniel Craig, right? Last role yes. was uh was James Bond. You were watching the yes. James Bond movies. Did you see the most recent one? It's No Time to Die was the last one, right? Yes, No Time to Die was the most recent one. I, I, sure. Have you seen it? Not yet. I'm still. I I took a break on accident. Uh, I still have to finish the Conneries because I wanted to do because I I'm debating on and it's going to sound silly skipping the one off of the other guy. What was his name? Lazenby. Yeah, you could skip Lazenby. That one. I'm thinking about skipping Lazenby because. I don't know anyone. I went over and talked to a bunch of people about James Bond, and I had to remind people that Lazenby was the middle one. So, so I was like, "Okay, is it not worth it?" <laughs> yeah, he did, he just did the one. Uh, I, I mean, you know, and, and I yeah. think there's no continuity in these things unless it's the same actor. So I know there's like almost no continuity until you get to Daniel Craig. Like I yeah. think I think you see one actor comes back a second time like the doctor like dr no i think you see him blowfeld yeah. i think you see blowfeld in more than one episode or more than yeah. one movie um yeah. i don't know if like the uh like the cia agent um so yeah there's always a cia agent who's always the same guy and it's the same but guy never... but i don't know if it's the same actor but yeah. so like in you know i mean that's the thing about the daniel craig ones is, is they are complete continuity right it's you know all the way yes. through, it's all the same actors playing it, all the same parts. His star, he started with Casino Royale, right? Casino Royale, and then there was a cup, some something Spectre, and then No Time to Die, I think. Uh, well, so you had you had Casino Royale, then you had. Um, I know he had you, Casino you had Royale, Quantum Spectre, of Solace. Oh, Quantum of Solace, yeah. And then Spectre, and then, um, uh, Skyfall, and then No oh, Time yeah, to Skyfall. Die. Skyfall. It, I like it, I like Skyfall. Yeah, so I, I remember hearing somebody say like, if you watch Quantum of Solace, like that's the second one, like people felt like it's not that great because it came out like you know three years after Casino Royale. But if mm-hmm. you watch Casino Royale immediately followed by Quantum of Solace, 
it feels like a much stronger movie because they follow continuity because and because the events in quantum of solace are like literally the next day like he literally just finished whatever the last scene of uh casino royale like the first scene of quantum of solace is like the next morning kind of thing wow. so you know what's like, crazy i didn't realize he was james bond for 15 years yeah yeah he's been doing it for a while and and so you know he's very glad to be done with him i won't uh i won't do any spoilers about uh his last uh outing in, in no yes. time to die but um but again i, th- I thought it, w- it was well done um you know that, that's something i've i've heard i saw an article i don't know how true it is that they they wanted an american to play him next <laughs> so yeah so we'll, we'll see that That'd be interesting. I wonder if the American does the accent or if it's just an American James Bond. No, it can't. It can't be. It's got. You've got to be it, on Her no, yeah, Majesty's Secret be. Service, right? Because yes, because again, it's we. You know, we've kind of talked about this, right? If you're doing James Bond, that's a character. If you're doing a super spy, that's a James Bond type, but it's not James Bond, right? Yes. So if you're an American, I'm sorry. If you're an American James Bond, you're just an American super spy. Right, you don't need yes. to make. Oh, this is the American guy named Jimmy Bond, and and he doesn't. You know, yeah. that would just be dumb. Just give me a super spy, because that was like, uh, what was the movie, um, where they were all like super spies? Uh, the Kingsman. Yes, yeah. Right, and there, there's three of those. I've only seen the first one. The first one was the Kingsman. Then there's the Golden Circle. Kingsman, the Golden Circle, and then there's the King's Man or something. Right, like that. but same thing. Like in that one, they had like the American guy. That was yeah. like you know, he's got a cowboy hat, and like he's just he's just an American version of us of the of those super spies. But it's like, you know, they they handle things differently than the British do, right? Yes. So so yeah, I, I mean, well, I know there's there's been talk for years about Idris Elba, but he's like too old at this point. And that that was uh, Daniel Craig's thing. It's like, hey, I've been doing this for 15 years. Like I'm too old to be yeah. doing these he's 54 now action sequences. <laughs> so like, yeah. Um, you can see it says all 25 Bond films are on Amazon Prime. So I think you can watch them all on Prime if you have Prime. Yes. Um, and it said, uh, what, the, uh, they're looking for their next 007. Um, oh, also, did you know that the family, I, I've had this article in here for a while, the family that owns James Bond, like, invented broccoli or something like that? What? Hold on, hold on. i got to find it in the article. <laughs> This just in, James Bond invented broccoli. No, no, the family that owns the rights to James Bond. Hold on. All right, hold on. I'm going to put the show on hold. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to show on hold. All right, all right. Tall and tan and young lovely the girl from Ipanema goes walking and when she passes each one she passes goes when she walks she's like a samba that swings so cool and sways so gentle that when she passes each one she passes goes Okay, we're back. Yeah, so their family name is Broccoli, right? Oh, the, okay. Uh, producer Barbara Broccoli, it's her name. Their family, like, literally created the vegetable broccoli at some point in the past. 
like, you know, I guess through splicing or whatever, whatever it is. So not only do we have their family to thank for the James Bond film franchise, but we have them to thank for the lovely vegetable that goes very good with butter, um, broccoli and cheese. The bane, the bane of, of, of childhood. Of existence. Yeah. So it says that what they're thinking about as their follow up is not to do a young version of James Bond, but to find somebody even older than James than uh, Daniel Craig, which is kind of interesting. So just See, kind of a different, I, a different take. That's the thing. I don't know. Because unless they're adding continuity, I feel like you need someone young who can do it for a while. That was the whole sort of point of Craig. And I guess before it's like, okay, we can use you for a while. Well, and I also think, though, that, you know, Ian Fleming wrote X number of novels, right? So that yeah. like they kind of like they go through, the, they do the books, they yeah. update the books, but they do the books. And so it's like, are you just going to then start over and do the book? Or like, cause like, I know Never Say Never, which was a, one of the Connery ones mm-hmm. was, I think was straight up. It was really just Dr. No again, like the same, <laughs> the yeah. same story. They just had a different script for it or one of them. And again, I could be wrong about that. If I'm getting that wrong, call the GVM line. Two zero one seven three zero two five four seven. And correct my James Bond history there. But, um, so it's like, it, it, at some point, it becomes a question, do we just keep retelling the seven or eight James Bond novels, or do we create new stories that have nothing to do with the novels? And then people are going to say, oh, these aren't as good as the ones that were based on the source yeah. material, right? Yeah. It, and so, because when you think about it, then you've got, I mean, what is based, you look at Sherlock Holmes, who actually I think is in the public domain now, uh, go over to public domainiverse and submit your fan fiction over there. Uh but so like Sherlock Holmes, there was like whatever, like six or seven Sherlock Holmes novels. And so like when you see the movies, that's the Hound of the Baskervilles. It's, the, you know, A Study in Scarlet. It's, you know, it's the the ones that were originally written. And then they go and do original Sherlock Holmes stuff. And like, I don't know if they've done a lot of original Sherlock Holmes stuff other than like the show. Yeah. Because even the, even the BBC show Sherlock with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, yes. like those were the novels like i think mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure those were each based on the original books so mm-hmm. you know i guess that's another question like do you just kind of tell it retell the story but now it's older but if you look back i mean you know connery you know, wasn't you know young. my Go ahead. my thing i think now is i think there's an issue with who and i'm saying i don't but like do people want to watch a spy film do people want that right now? Or are we at a point where that's kind of not out, but like a little dated where, you know, it's the suave guy with the fast car who gets the girl and shoots a cool, you know, like, is that, are we past that point where now? Okay. Yeah. I understand. We're not that far removed from, you know, not, no time to die. It's been two years. Usually those things came out in cycles of three, uh, like every three years, I feel like they'd have one. So are we at a point now where is it like, do we not kind of care about James Bond? James Bond fans will love another James Bond film, obviously with the right actor and all the fun stuff. But does the public just kind of not care anymore? I like, you know what I'm saying? I, I see what you're saying. And I think that I think that it, it, go, it does go in cycles, right? Like spy spy thrillers will be popular and then they'll go away and then it'll be. But like, is the superhero genre? Yeah taking over everything and because i mean when you really think about it like is like is hawkeye kind of a james bond type of show 
Yeah. You know, is the Black Widow. I mean, Black Widow is Black a spy, Widow, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, she's a spy. So, so it's kind of like a whole thing. Yeah. So, so I mean, is it going to be? We can't have just a plain super yeah. or you super need, spy. You need to you be need superheroes related to something. You have to be, you know, somehow tangentially part of a greater spyverse or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or or you or you make them period pieces and you set them back in during the Cold War or back, yeah. you know, and, and then like when they were. I written. would love if they did Doctor No again. And they did it when they did Dr. No. So it's, you know, that movie came out like 61. So make it the 60s, you know? What yeah. I mean? Yeah. That I mean, would be cool. That, that there may be some, some call for that. Cause it's, it's like, I mean, I would honestly say, you know, not to get, not to get political, but I mean, you know, you're seeing even, uh, you know, like people not even really liking the traditional cop show anymore. Yeah right yeah. it's like oh it's copaganda it's just that's not you know that, that that there's a there's some pushback there so like i think that the current environment may not be set up for a spy show and in, in the same way that like you know who do you make the bad guy right yeah you know i mean right now it's easy to make it russia again but i mean but for a little while they're there you know russia was not the enemy right but all of the enemies yeah. in uh, in, in like the James Bond stuff, it was always the Soviets, right? Because that was the Cold yeah. War was going on when all those movies were coming out. So exactly. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. I don't know. No, yeah, it's you know you know what I always like. I know it's the same thing, but like Jason Bourne. Mm-hmm. See, that's a super spy, right? But, yeah, but no one is asking for more Bourne films. Even though I really like the Bourne films, I actually really like them. But then they also killed it with the Jeremy Renner one. I feel like a little bit. But was was he a different born, or did he just take he, over the part? He was like a in the born universe, but he also like took pills to like be slightly more born. Okay, like he was so he was enhanced. Better. Born was just yeah. born was just that good guy. of a of a. He's of a, a guy. The best the, the best guy. Yeah. This uh, Jeremy Renner, I think, was like that guy also with like a little a little pick me up <laughs> yeah so i think you know? i think the thing about the born movies though it isn't the plot it was the style of the fight sequences and the and and the stunts right i mean that was yeah. what made the born movies something a little special yeah because you've you know you've seen that i mean so also the super the super spy with all the skills but doesn't know his past right i've seen that a bunch of times did you ever see um the long kiss good night with gina davis and samuel l jackson no. So that is the story, right? She is uh, living in a small town, just living her life, um, but she washed up on the shore with amnesia and then has since, you know, met a man, got married, had kids. She's just living her life. And then the she wins, like, the the local, like, not a beauty contest, but, like, she's the uh, on the, the, the float in the New Year's Day parade or whatever, she yeah. she's like there so and then it gets picked up by like good morning america so her face is broadcast all over the country and whoever was after her 20 years ago was like holy shit she's still alive and then a big adventure starts up but she doesn't know what's going on because she can't remember that she's a super spy right she's still got all the skills so the muscle memory is there so the fight scenes and all that are kind of cool and it's a really good story and then samuel l jackson is just some private investigator that gets like roped into it but again Good movie, but the same thing. Super spy who doesn't know that they're a spy or doesn't know what their history is. You know? There was a Jesse Eisenberg one that came out uh some point in the 2010s. Him and Kristen Stewart. 
and he was like a super spy who got like his memory erased and she was his handler and then they just like lived together in like some bumfuck nowhere in virginia okay i, I mean i remember that i didn't realize that he was a super spy though but I, but yeah, he I was and it. then he, there was like a mugging and then like his like attack training went in out of nowhere and he like killed two dudes with a spoon and then <laughs> yeah. he and then he freaked out and then you know they started sending people after him and it was listen it was all right i mean i didn't think it was like groundbreaking at the time but i mean it's you know spy films just generally yeah i feel like you know they've kind of fallen off a little bit and that's yeah. a shame because I, I was the genre is cool you know the gadgets and you know all the the cool i was like the, the suave like you know hey i'm not i'm gonna outthink my way out of this fight or i'm you know i'll fight if i need to but you know right. i'm smart and cunning not just i have the bigger gun <laughs> yes i mean and that's it it's like, like the gadgets these days are again how are you how's your gadget gonna be better than iron man right i mean you know you're not yeah. gonna be you know so even though the aston martin is cool it's a it's a cool car. It's it doesn't, how come it doesn't turn into a, a mech robot fight for you? Exactly. Did you did you ever watch Burn Notice? I know of it. I've with, never with, seen it. With friend of the show Bruce Campbell, uh, right? I I, uh, I know the catchphrase "You got burned." Well, I mean, again, he's a super spy, but yeah. then they disavowed him, right? So it's like like uh, Mission Impossible, right? If you know, should you get caught, we're gonna disavow any knowledge of you and say that you're doing this on your own. You're a rogue agent, whatever. So he's got no. He's got no money, no contacts. They've cut all of his accounts. He's got nothing, and he just it dropped him off in in Miami, where he's from. So, like, his mom is there, and then one of his old buddies is Bruce Campbell, and then his ex-girlfriend, and then the, he just kind of has to, like... He's basically trying to figure out who burned him is the big picture of the, you know, the, the arc of the whole series. But mm-hmm. kind of like the A-team, every week he finds somebody that he has to help. He helps somebody out every week, kind of, yeah. you know. And... and um. But the thing about that is it has voiceover every episode and he'll like tell you, oh, the thing about this and, you know, here's how you, you know, make a bomb out of, uh, you know, kitchen equipment. Here's how you do that. Like you would always like tell you how spies do things in every episode. There was always a couple of of voiceover parts that would make that kind of the fun part of the episode. Um, You know, and then again, it would just be, you know, they put a plan together, they execute the plan, they blow a bunch of stuff up. There's a couple of fist fights and it was fun, you know. Again, and it's nice to have Bruce Campbell in, in you know, working all the time. So there you go. Uh, let's see. Why don't we why don't we hurry and get into uh, the box office? Uh, first of all, what was the number two movie? What do you mean? And you know what the number one movie in the box office was? What was number two? Was it Top Gun? No. <laughs> it's a good good call, but it's not. It's that Megan. Have you seen that horror movie, Megan? Oh, see, so yeah. Is that a horror movie or just like a thriller movie? I it's a I seen the weird doll dance thing that it does. Yeah, in the fucking I, I think it's a horror. It's a horror movie, and it looks it looks scary as hell. Like, just it's so creepy. I couldn't tell if it was just a a bad like Chucky ripoff, essentially, or what. I don't think it's it's not Chucky. I don't think it's anything about like demonic possession or anything. I think it's just they make this AI doll that's supposed to be the friend, but then it gets all like overprotective and then becomes like a killer doll but it's just it's just more the how creepy it looks you know you always like you look at like dolls and nutcrackers and say oh those things come to life at night and try to kill you well here's a movie about that right it just it's like it's just got that that innate fear that things come to life when you're not looking and try to kill you yeah uh but yeah so number one i'm sure it's still uh avatar avatar you're an avatar have you seen it yet uh i meant to i was going down the shore to see my friends i meant to and we all meant to but we got caught doing one thing and another thing, and then 
we just missed it. And I, I'm so mad because I saw a gosh darn spoiler <laughs> and I'm not going to say what it is because I'm mad it happened, but I know some things. So like, I still want to see the movie, but I'm just mad about it. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm hoping it gets on Disney plus soonish. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was on the boat. I could have watched it on the Disney cruise. I just got back from. But, uh, you know, I was like, by the time the kids were asleep, I was exhausted. I wasn't going to go spend three hours in the, in the movie theater on the boat to watch it, but I could have seen it for free included in the price. When I was a kid and, uh, we were rowdy and we went to Disney, but we went to Disney world. What my mom would do is make my grandmother take us on the monorail and just ride loops (laughs) until we fell asleep and it worked every time, (laughs) (laughs) which is not something you can do on a Disney cruise. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, you can you can always go down to the deck four. There's like the the track around deck four, so you could run, like run laps, just put them in the strollers and walk laps until they go to sleep. But uh, but yeah, so Avatar was playing on the boat, but I did not get a chance to watch it. It uh, has now become the Hollywood's highest grossing movie in India. Oh. I'm sure it's on its way to being a, a top of all time here. Uh, I guess Avatar three is going to have fire navi. So That's now we cool. so we've seen our Earth. Or no, probably we've seen our air and our water, and then next will yes. be fire. So there's gonna be fire and earth. It's like the like it's Avatar the last All airbender. Four elements. Yeah. I mean, is that really weird that Cameron is like not only ripping off the name Avatar, but now he's like following the the elements? I, so of- I I don't know if it's fire. It might be like they live near a volcano. That's what I think it is. Yeah. I didn't look in the article. Um but I mean, this is something that's supposed to develop over you know ten years, so maybe they just really like fire. I don't know. I hope it's not dumb. I hope it's not Avatar the Avatar series because I like Avatar and I like Avatar, so <laughs> I don't want to Avatar my Avatar while I Avatar with my Avatar. Yeah. You know. So, okay, so I have a question. Why uh, yeah. is Avatar: The Last Airbender called Avatar? I understand why James Cameron Avatar has that. Why is the other one? Why is that, um, what does that mean? What's the meaning of it in that? So, I, so he's the only one who can use. So everyone on the planet. So there's a million people on the planet. Every there's four nations, and in those nations, each people can control one element. Some of them, not everyone, but some of them. So there's an air nation. They can control air and fire and water, and that makes sense. The Avatar can use all four elements. Also, the Avatar can call back memories from every Avatar before them. So if you were the Avatar, you could play the memories of the last Avatar before you. And so could the one before you and back and forth. And then you could also talk to spirits. It's like just you master of good and this and whatnot and connectivity between things. Is there does each, so it's an avatar. Does each nation have an avatar or is there only one avatar? So yeah, so, so each there's only one avatar, but it when they die, it goes between the nations kind of. So okay. like when it's an earth person, they die, then it goes to water. No, no, no. Yeah, no. No. Earth to yeah, earth to fire to air to water. And in that cycle. When that when one dies, then you get the one in the next. You get another one in the next country, and then they kind of pass it back and forth while everyone dies. So it's like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer thing. One, yes, one, there's one. always an avatar, and when one dies, another one rises. Yeah, and oh. every nation has like a test to find them, and it's a great series. Uh, I love it. It's one of my favorite of all time. No, that's it's anime. So it, it's 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 not... animated. The only reason I will say it's not anime is because it's from America. Okay. All right, so but so it's a, it's a, it's a cartoon. It's yeah, it it's start, a cartoon. Did it start as it's a, very as a book stylistic. Or 
or it no. started as a cartoon? It was all fresh cartoon from Nickelodeon. And as since, you know, there was a sequel series that came out, which was good for a while. I, I thought teared off at the end. And then it spawned, you know, a couple book series of like, like continuations of people's stories and whatnot. And they want to bring it back, obviously, on Netflix for I heard there was like another series and then another series retelling the original story. And then uh, another series following another avatar after the sequel series. Because the sequel series is a new one, and then they want to do a third one now. So that's the whole thing. I think we need to get the Highlander and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Avatar all together. In the end, there can only be one, and there'll be like one Avatar, the one Avatar Slayer, Slayer and Lander. one Highlander, and they can all fight it out and see. Yes. Or maybe they, maybe they unify. They unify into... Yes. The Avalanche uh, Slayer. Yeah, exactly. I think that I think that's the way to go. That um, listen, in in eighty years, the public domain universe can have that fight happen. There you go. I, I hope to be here to see that happen. Yeah, Sarah Michelle Geller. We'll, da- uh, we'll download Kevin and Scott into the program if they can't yeah, make it. So yeah, we'll be we'll it. be in the. Uh, in <laughs> Welcome the AI. to the public domain universe. I'm downloaded AI West Coast Scott. What nice hap- to meet you. What happens when? What happens when you become public domain after you've been in the you've been downloaded into the into the system for oh, hundred years? Oh, then everyone can download you to the website. The, the, we'll, have a, just... we'll, we'll have a download link for West Coast Scott and and oh Kevin. And... All right, so I have to go back to on that horrible note. No, I know it's horrible. No, it's, so so you've seen all the black mirrors, right? Yes. So no, so... no, no. Actually, no, no, no. I haven't seen any black mirror. You've seen any black mirror? Okay, yeah. then I don't want to spoil too much, but one of the one of the like running technologies that goes through it um is uh so like you you get this ai to run your household but it's not an ai it's you they put a little thing in your head it records your memories and what you're doing for a month so it knows your routine it knows what time you get up it knows how you like your eggs it knows everything about you because it's you it's basically a carbon copy of your brain and they take it out and they put it in the computer but the the carbon copy of you in the computer thinks it's you it doesn't know that it's just a computer program right uh-huh. and so then and, and again they do this a whole bunch of times through, through, the, through the series so then the question becomes what's the difference between you and this complete copy of all of your thoughts and memories that thinks it's you right because then that is it does it have any rights does it is it, it it's it's sentient it you know i mean it, it is a lot i mean it's not alive but it's sentient it's you. It doesn't breathe, but it has thought. Right. So what if? So you're you, but if you're the computer program, you still think you're you. You still have all the feelings, and it, you know whatever. So they do that a bunch. So it always freaks me out. So when you said, okay, yeah, you could just download. That's it. Once you've been uploaded into it, and it's this carbon copy of you. At some point, people could just get the carbon copy of you that thinks it's you, and do whatever they want to it, and it would still think and feel and react as as you would. So therefore. Yeah. Is it you? You know, you get that thought experiment. So, to me, I still it still freaks me out when I think about it. And the, a certain episode, the Christmas episode of Black Mirror, the one that had John Hamm in it, which is the one that they really get into this the most. That is the one that like affected me the most out of all the black. All the Black Mirrors are great. That's the one that was just like I got done watching it and I was like fucked up for like weeks. Like I just kept thinking about going, man, that's messed up, man. Oh my god. So, anyway. If you haven't seen, you should watch Black Mirror. It is really solid. You just told me you got mentally scarred. Oh for no, you got you got scarred for weeks. You're like, oh, you should watch it too. That's how that's how good the writing is. That's how 
interesting Feel the my ideas pain so are. Good. No, but I mean, you know, it's not it's not that often that you get that you watch a story that you just go, "Oh wow, that is such an interesting idea that it like affects you, <laughs> you know, deeply." Um, and, all right, um, so I was talking about though we we're talking about the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Sarah Michelle Geller is not going to do a reboot of uh, Buffy, so she's not going to be involved. Um, And I wonder if that's just because it's done or because of the stuff that's come out about Joss Whedon since and she doesn't want to be involved with his IP. Which isn't a bad thing. I don't know. She's also grateful that the Cruel Intentions TV series didn't happen because that probably would have gotten in the way. Well, that that was after Buffy was already going on when that happened, right? Yes. So, I don't know. Was I alive um, for that? I don't know. Were you alive in the 90s? You were probably a, a, young, a young young whippersnapper for, 96. for most so of So, you tell Buffy. me. Was I around for this? Yeah, you were, but you would have been really young. I, I was... So, by 2000, I was four. So, I <laughs> I hadn't really developed sentience yet. Yeah, no, you, you weren't there. Uh, Emma Caulfield uh, from Buffy also has... Uh, she's got MS, so she's... Uh, Announced oh. that she's battling uh, multiple sclerosis now. So that's the Buffy the Vampire Slayer update. Have you ever seen any of the Buffies? I saw there was a movie. I saw a movie of Buffy. <laughs> right. I've never watched the TV show of Buffy. So yeah. So the movie was first, and then they, and the movie was very much a comedy. Um. And then they took. They let Joss Whedon do more of what his original intent was on the series and the series was you know more it's supposed to be more more of a of a horror than a comedy but it had some you know comedic elements it, to it it was a horror because joss whedon was there yeah and then and then it had a spin-off angel and then then they Which did i heard i've heard more of angel than i've heard of Buffy. Yeah. i i liked i liked them both i mean i you know i really liked angel they had some really good character development by the of some of the characters by the time you get to angel because they've been around for a while and here's the thing that i like about the Buffy, Angel, even the Space Western that came next, um, and and even Dollhouse after that, is in those shows, your good guys are eventually going to become the bad guys, and the bad guys are going to become the good guys. Like, everybody, you could have a, rede- a real redemption arc. Like, people go seriously rogue, <laughs> be, be really bad, and then they, they work their way back, and they earn their way back. Like, it's not just... You don't get to just go. Oh, sorry, I messed up. And you know they kind of. And I like I like the the redemption arcs of characters in in those shows. So you've seen the space western though, right? Yes, of course. All right, good. Because I mean, then, then you'd really get be in trouble on this show if you didn't watch that. Oh boy, what else should we do? Other top. Let's let's do a couple more top stories and then we'll get out of here. Um, or well, we'll finish the first segment. Uh, did you hear? that Donald Glover is going to star and produce a Spider-Man movie based on a villain called the Hypno-Hustler. Now, are you aware of a Spider-Man villain called the Hypno-Hustler is the first question. No. Um, I didn't know that's a thing that existed. Um, I'm not anti-Spider-Man. I'm just not big on a lot of the Spider-Man things. Just because he, he was a cool character. I have nothing, I'm not anti-Spider-Man. I just don't read any of his stuff. Yeah, uh, so I definitely don't know. Definitely C list villain hypno hustler, but good for Donald Glover. Um, if it works out, it works out. It'll be good. I don't. Do they say where it is supposed to be, or they said he's doing it? 
It just as it just it. as that he's doing it, you know, and it's reminding you in the article here that Craven's coming up soon. Madam Web and Spider Woman are coming out, are in development. So I mean, Donald Glover is in the MCU because he's in Spider Man. So yeah, but I feel like well, again, he may he may not be the character of Hypno Hustler. Uh, I don't know because uh, in in the MCU he's Miles Morales' uncle. Right. He's Prowler in theory. <laughs> um, he doesn't. I mean, he's not Prowler like I would imagine him based on how you know the the movie Into the Spider Verse and other things have portrayed Prowler recently. Um, but he is the person who would be Prowler right now. So, I they might not do that then, or maybe it's alternate universe, different looking Miles. Who knows? I'm excited. It sounds cool. I like Donald Glover. I like things he's in. I don't. I can't think of a thing Donald Glover was in I didn't like. Did you? So you haven't watched Atlanta though. No, but I heard good. I've seen Dude, clips and I liked it. Strongly, strongly recommend Atlanta. Uh, let's see. Venom Three has a director, uh, Kelly Marcel. I don't care. Uh, let's see. Oh, but um, looks like Nicolas Cage is not returning to the Spider-Man Across the Universe as Spider-Man Noir. That that's uh-huh. that's who he was. That's too bad. Um. He is going to be. Are they? Are they? Are they not going to have him in the movie, or is he just not doing noir? You know, I don't know. Let's let's look at the article and see. I don't know if they're going to. I mean, yeah, you would think that they either going to recast because everybody's typically in them, but uh... that'd be sad for sure. I do like Nicolas Cage, so Spider Man. He's just the character's just not in it. So that does, so it doesn't close the door on him coming back in a future one. Spider-Man Noir is just not going to be in Across the Spider-Verse. Um, yeah, he is going to star in Dream Scenario, uh, an A24 movie. And uh, did you see that he also said that he wouldn't do a Star Wars movie, that he's a Trekkie? So if he, did, if he, if he was going to enter one of those, he's going to enter the Star Trek universe. Good for him. Following his wanted dream. Yeah. Let's see. All right, let's do. Let's close out the first segment of the show with the celebrity crime blotter. I need. A, I need. A, I need a. Sp- I need a bumper for that. I don't have one. Um, let's see here. Um, I don't know if this is crime blotter, but Amber Heard did settle for a million dollars to Johnny Depp. Yeah, I mean, it sucks that someone's career is over, but don't be a shitty person and get caught. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, it's possible that Johnny Depp's, he, he's reconsidering the uh, the Disney offers now. I mean, you know, so never say never. Yeah. Uh, let's see. One of the actors from Ms. Marvel, his name is Mohan Kapoor, uh, has been accused of sexual harassment and grooming a minor. Uh, That's so not good. Not good. And then let's see. Um, Kevin Spacey has pled not guilty to his latest counts of sexual assault in a UK court. Uh, jury finds Harvey Weinstein guilty of rape in his LA trial. He was already found guilty in the uh, New York trial, so uh, he's probably never getting out of jail. Um, oh no! Oh no! And then uh, Rick and Morty co-creator Justin Roiland faces felony domestic violence charges. So this Jeez. seems like a surprise and probably not good news for. Rick and Morty fans. They'll figure something out in theory. I mean, hopefully. In th- I mean, I was, I'm not supporting some guy who... Felony domestic violence sounds a lot. 
that's that's above uh normal just like oh that's bad that's oh that's bad so <laughs> you know? it's a 2020 incident uh and his attorney said that uh you know that he's innocent and that the case is going to be dismissed well like anything in, in the law in theory you are innocent until proven guilty yeah so you know it, like it's supposed to be he right now he is innocent until proven otherwise which is we'll see so yeah, so we'll, we know. shall see. We'll also see what the what the court findings are. So I mean, yeah, it's just an accusation at this point. So you know, we can we can move on. All right. So are we going to title this episode "The Voyage Home" or we have a better better title yet? I don't think we have a better title yet. All right. Well, with that, then let's take this show to a break the way we take some episodes to a break by saying, "We'll be right back." After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. We need to get the word out that the listeners can be involved with Geek Stuff TNG directly by using our GVM line. 201-730-2547. Hmm. Maybe we could use our seductive voices? Huh? Our what? All right, here. Let's read these lines in our most seductive voices, like this. <clears throat> hey there. We want you to be a part of Geek Stuff TNG with your questions and your hmm comments. Oh. <clears throat> That's right. We want you to tell us what's mm, on your mind. What we are doing that you <laughs> like. <coughs> so call us on the GVM line, 201-730-2547, and you may hear yourself uh, on an upcoming episode of Geek Stuff TNG. <laughs> Wow. Wow. What? Okay, here we go. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Potter and Family and ACPN, the Art, Comedy, and Pop Culture Podcast Network. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called the PieCast because we got married on Pie Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pie Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pie Day Scott. Check us out. What's up? This is Mikey T, host of the Failing Hollywood Podcast. I'm just a guy who plays with props behind the scenes. On our show, we have guests who also work behind the scenes, and we joke around, we drop names, we tell real on-set stories. We even play some film games, only on the Failing Hollywood Podcast, found wherever podcasts can be found. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. 
The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote-activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step -step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. And now, another classic Geek Stuff ID. What the fuck was that? Your sister has turned into a zombie. Hey gang, this is Bruce Campbell, and you are listening to Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Ha ha! Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. Go fuck yourself. What the fuck was that? It's the Evil Dead! Geek Stuff TNG. Live from the sandwich shop and Pi Day Studios in lovely Southern Southern California. It's Geek Stuff TNG. Did you say Southern Southern California? That's what you just said. Sunny Southern. You said Southern really... Southern California. Did I say it? Okay. I think you did. Try it again. Okay. Live from the sandwich shop in Pi Day Studios in lovely Southern Sunny California. Yeah, sunny. see? You're saying Southern Sunny California. Say Sunny Southern California. Yeah. Actually, you can just play Pi Day Studios in Sunny Southern California. You're trying to you're adding the lovely. That's what's throwing you off. Yes. Live. <laughs> live. We're live. Guys, we're we're on air in the sandwich shop in Pi Day Studios. We're here now. Live from the sandwich shop in Pi Day Studios in Sunny Southern California. It's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, you heard from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is in 118 scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your three and three quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details, like the proton torpedo bay, working engine lights, and a light-up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-foils open to attack position. The laser cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up, all by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their do-do-do-do-do-do premium offer. You get one 18 scale hangar accessories to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates, tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members, and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you've received, fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies, and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or at shows or conventions. And I don't need to tell you, the price tag can be quite high. The genius of the system is that you're paying a little each month as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. Here you go. <laughs> That's a good way to start the commercial with the crunch of a lovely parm crisp. That's right. No geek stuff TNG would be complete without 
Parm Crisp Snack Mix. Parm Crisps are full of all the nutrients you need and the wonderful flavors you have come to love and know, like Parm. Crisp. Yeah, also crisp. Almonds, cashews, pistachios. Three grams of net carbs per serving. Net carbs, Kev, does that mean that it has some carbs that cancel out because it doesn't have sugar? Yeah, it has diet, it has fiber in it and no added sugar. So you take the fiber, you remove the fiber from the carbohydrates, the dietary fiber. And who makes Parm Crisps? Are they their own company? I believe so. Wow, an independent company too. Looking at their website, parmcrisps.com, it says our original blend of Parm Crisps, you can get an everything tub, an original pouch, you can get the ranch snack mix pouch, or sour cream and onion pouch. What's your favorite, Kev? I haven't seen sour cream and onion. What was that? I like, I like the original. I like the original, but the ranch one is fine too. I'd like to try sour cream and onion. It's probably very good. Yeah, you could get the variety pack. Oh, looking at all of the ingredients. Oh, you see, sir, I, I get them at the Costco in the large size because I eat so many delicious parm crisps. Oh, looking at the website, let's see what's in the variety pack. You got cheddar, original, jalapeno, everything, four cheese, and sour cream. They all sound delicious. They are, but I don't think they're doing the big, what is this? 20 ounce. I don't think they're doing, are they doing 20 ounces of all those flavors? I don't know. For more information on Parm Crisps, go to parmcrisps.com and find them at your better retailers today. When you buy them, mention Geek Stuff TNG for absolutely no discount. Mention them at checkout and look like a weirdo. (laughs) Reach out to them at parmcrisps.com and tell them you heard about Parm Crisps from Geek Stuff TNG. Perfect. Hey, you know, there was a couple of uh, celebrity news that we left out. Uh, so Dave Pad- Bautista, you know, he was in, uh, he's in Glass Onion. Yes. And he's, he's uh, I think he's like sick of doing Drax, basically. Is that is that what it is? He just, I mean, I know he was saying that like he didn't want to like, he's getting too old to walk around without a shirt on all the time. But I feel yeah. like he's just kind of sick of it. Well, I mean, Marvel movies are a lot because if you're a character who is of any import, and you'll know based on the contract you get, you're in that character for a while. So, you know, initially when you get that deal, that probably sounds great. Like, oh, okay, I'll do this deal for a couple of years, a couple movies, a couple of appearances. It'll be great. It'll be easy. Sounds great initially. But then when you're like eight years into it at this point, or however long he's been dressed at this point, you know, it's probably a lot for him to, you know, go to the makeup department, get his entire upper body painted, you know, and then not mess it up, not, not, you know, rub it off or not twitch and shake and punch everyone for painting him for the thousandth time this day. And then you get a shower at night and you get it all off of you. And, you know, I can imagine it's a lot. <laughs> so it would make sense if, you know, you're doing that for a long enough time. I can imagine even if it was a serious role, he'd probably get annoyed doing that same setup and get up every, you know, every time he had to do that character. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, it's, and he doesn't want, he says that he doesn't want Drax to be his legacy. He just wants to try to be a good actor, uh, you know, and um, I mean, what? He's in Dune, he's in Glass Onion, he's in, uh, I mean, he's he's getting a lot of good, a lot of work, so. Yeah. I mean, he was even, I, what was that movie? 
Hotel Artemis. He was in that. He was. I mean, you know. So I mean, I think he does a good job in the stuff that he's been in. Was he a great actor in WWE? Yeah. Uh. Well, I didn't. I mean, I I was not. I did not watch WWE. Yeah, I didn't watch. I stopped watching wrestling. Uh, you know, in the '80s. So it's been a while since I've watched any any WWF when I last watched it. Um, he was in that movie with Kumail uh, Nanjiani, right? Also. I can't, where, I, he might have been, but I can't think of the movie. Yeah, where, like, he had just gotten his, like, his eyes done, like, like you know, like a, uh, whatever, and he wasn't supposed to, like, leave the house, so he can't really see, and then somebody kidnaps his daughter, and he orders, like, Uber or something. I think it was just called Uber. Maybe it was called Rideshare. I don't know. But then, then he just, Oh, uh, I think I have a vague idea what you're yeah, and about. Yeah, and then he makes Kamel, like, drive drive him around to try to like rescue his daughter because he's like a retired cop or something like that so it was decent i mean you know it was it was a you know goofy buddy cop movie whatever there you go uh let's see what about what about uh velma and mindy kaling's version of mel of velma let's talk about that for a second it's not uh not getting that great reviews i mean i like the big it, it got all the headlines because they made velma like openly a lesbian right which, like, I don't think anybody has a problem with that, but it seems like people aren't happy with... Because I think everybody has joked or suspected that Velma was gay for years. And I, f- yeah. I feel like they even shot a scene for Monsters Unleashed that, like, confirmed that, that then got deleted so that they could get a PG rating on it. But... but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... You know, it's, it's interesting. Um... You know, there it's the Velma show. From what I'm, I've gathered, you know, it's not meant for kids. I think it's supposed to be more adult, anyways, which is fine. I'm not against that. Um, you know, they're taking some creative liberties with things. Obviously, Velma's a lesbian. Sure, I mean, it, you know, it's fine. I'm not gonna lose sleep over it. I think people get upset about that. Are a little out there. Um, they're definitely reimagining some characters. And that is very obvious to see. Um, fine once again you know they're it's it's a new interpretation of the character um so I mean, if it's the same character and they if the end they've you know they've made her openly gay and then they've changed some other things the way care at the end of the day i guess not um i'm just mad that there's no scooby because you know it's supposed to be for adults so scooby's i guess too much for kids but you know it's, it's the scooby-doo gang you know i understand the mystery machine and all that stuff but i feel like they're the scooby-doo gang because scooby-doo is there so what are they now? Mystery. Well, no, they're. Well, I know they're Mystery Incorporated, but they're really the Scooby Doo gang. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. And so, th- what this article says that uh, Velma seems specifically designed to be labeled a childhood ruining travesty uh, by the extreme, by the extremely online. I don't, it doesn't quite make sense, but um, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just changing. You know, oh, this isn't exactly the way that. It always was growing up, so I don't like it. Um, but it says it's very irreverent and goofy to a fault, is what some of these articles are saying. So I don't know. I haven't I haven't watched it yet. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously I watched Scooby Doo as a kid, but like I don't care enough. This is not doesn't interest me either way. You know, I don't need a Scooby Doo prequel, right? The problem is I like yeah. Mindy Kaling, so I, I mean I would be interested, but I mean you know again I'm not gonna have time to to watch something like this. So I don't think yeah, it's gonna. I it's mean, just not gonna get on my radar. I think I think there's not that many kids, 
even in my generation, there are kids who are super into Scooby-Doo. You know, I feel like Scooby-Doo, there, there's an age range of like people under the age of 12 and then the original older crowd who is like much older now who might appreciate <laughs> cartoons. So like there is those get demographics. I feel like you're aiming this Scooby-Doo show at this middle ground of people who do exist. There are people between those giant age brackets I gave you that like Scooby-Doo, but I don't know if you're aiming at them for them or aiming at them for their age. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense. Right. Like, is it for adult Scooby-Doo fans or supposed to be just for adults? You know, that's it. That's exactly it. I think that's a really good point, right? Are you making something that can stand on its own or is it only for the fans? And therefore you either please the fans or you don't. And if you get it wrong, they're going to hate you. Yeah. You know, I mean, look at, look at Wednesday over on Netflix. Like that thing is just killing it. And I don't think that you had to be an Adams family fan, right? Like if you were, I I think if you were an Adams family fan, you liked it. Yeah. But I think I, that it brought in people that had never watched anything out of his family before. My family, who I know for a fact really doesn't like that stuff, was watching it last night with my little brother, like just hanging out on the couch, all cuddled up together. I wasn't asked to join them. So that was a little upsetting. Well, you know, um, you, you got to stick you know, with the ones that are young and cute. You know, you're old now. You're out. You know, you're, I know. You're, I, got, you're I got a beard and long hair. I look, I look disheveled. Yeah, you're <laughs> up playing podcast in your room all the time. They got to they gotta try to, you know, keep your, your brother on the right track before he they falls They heard me yell live from the sandwich shop in the past 10 minutes. So they're like, oh, well, yeah, we won't invite him to the TV yeah. shows. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, that's like, I think that was, that became Netflix's number one show of the year. And I think it was announced our season two is officially coming. Yeah. It, well, and then the, uh, I mean, if you have TikTok, you, it, it's been unavoidable for the last couple of months that uh, the, the Wednesday dance is like super viral TikTok sensation, right? Everybody is doing that damn dance. So <laughs> uh, let's see. So, okay. So over, there's been a couple of things, uh, speaking of Netflix. Uh, so Stranger Things, first of all, Millie Bobby Brown, right, moved on to her Enola Holmes, right? Sherlock's yes. The Sherlock's, Sherlock's younger sister is the character. Younger, yeah, yeah. Sherlock Holmes is younger sister. Also, there's another brother. I don't know his name. Um, Mycroft, Mycroft Holmes. Maybe yes. But I'm I, not sure, honestly. I only know that from watching the the Sherlock the 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 UK version of Sherlock with uh, Benedict uh-huh. Cumberbatch. I I had I watched Enola Holmes because my girlfriend wanted to watch it. So, so apparently she did a TikTok talking about I guess you know I guess her love scene with the other character in that. That she like, like jumped on him and made out with him, like without talking about it first, or whatever. Uh, anyway, she's getting yelled at by the intimacy coordinator for for Enola Holmes for what she said in a TikTok that she was, you know, oh, I just wanted it to be spontaneous, so I did this and that, and it's like, hmm, that's the same kind of thing that you know your male counterparts get in a lot of trouble for. So you know, the intimacy coordinator is kind of like, you, you know, even if it makes kind of a cutesy story, it's not the right. Uh, story to be telling in Hollywood right yeah. now, right? Listen, it's very dangerous to be someone in in media with with uh, social media like that, where you just talk your thoughts because mm-hmm. you need to be making like eggs every day to not be controversial. You need to just be like, "Here's my breakfast in the morning. I do my omelet this way. I first of all, I get up and then I put <laughs> on my makeup that's sponsored by that makeup brand. Sure, yes, excellent. Eggs sponsored by eggs." Jeez, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything but the bagel seasoning, which goes great on an omelet, folks. 
That's my sandwich fact of the day. Everything but the bagel seasoning goes on omelets. Oh, yeah? You just put it on the omelet? Oh, my God. It's so good. It's my new thing. <laughs> Sorry. Go, go over to Sandwiches <laughs> really... TikTok for... Uh... <laughs> for all for omelet and sandwich-based tutorials. There you go. So, her co-star from uh, Stranger Things, right? Noah Schnapp? Schnapps? Schnapp. Yes. Uh, so, I guess... And I didn't, I didn't watch the latest season of it. Season four, I guess. But his character came out as gay on the show, and then he uh-huh. came, he just came out as gay in, re- in real life. He said, "I guess huh. I I had more in common with my uh, online character uh, than I thought." So good for him. I mean, ho- hopefully th- those stories just become less. Who you know, like okay, like you know what I mean. Like it shouldn't. Hopefully, we get to a point where it's not even a story anymore. People just are what they are, and they live their yeah. life, right? Yeah. So. Uh, but so that's, I mean, but it is still a news story, so we'll report it here. And then uh, what else? Uh, they don't plan to really add new characters for season five. And season five is going to be it, right? I, I think there's either, there's, I think this is supposed to be the last one. And then I, I for some reason, feel like there's, it's either five or six. I think it's just five is what's next. I feel like, yeah, because they're getting too old, right? Are, yeah, are, are I mean, you... they're like 20 something almost. Yeah, still, still playing high school kids. So, Have you, yeah. I, were you you, you are can't you have up? high school drama when you're 30 right are, are you caught up on stranger things do you care about stranger things i did i did for a while and i watched a good bit of so they did season four in like part a and b i watched most of a and didn't watch b but i know what happens in b um they they should not it's have that taken time like a of the night. We turn on the black light let the dungeons and the dragons begin it's dnd With the legends of your it's DND. So uh, you know, I had to throw that in there somewhere. Gotta try to get you talking about something so I can hit the button. But uh, before we get into the heavy DD news, this came out this week. Uh the little golden book. If you like little golden books, um, this is the little golden book um of the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon called The Adventure Begins. And it looks to be, I have not read it to my kids yet, because it literally just came the day before I went on the cruise. But it looks to be the, uh, like the, the pilot episode of the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon from, uh, from the 80s on, in adorable. little Golden Book fashion. So That's adorable. Um, that, 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 that's, that's a new just came out scenario? Yeah, it, it just came out. Uh, I, I Actually, when I saw that it was there, I pre-ordered it. So just as soon as it was ready, it shipped. Oh, that's cute. So, yeah, I like that. I also, I mean, what? go ahead. One, one day, Baby Sandwiches will get that book friend to them, too, because that looks really cute. Yeah, now, did you did you see? So I also, I have these two. Um, there's one called the ABCs of D&D. And there's <laughs> one called the 123 of D&D. And they're great. They are great little, you know, bedtime story books, right? A, B, C is right. You know, A is for adventure. B is for book. C is for, uh, I don't remember. But, but I mean, you know, it, go, it goes all the way through. Cast Fireball. Um, yeah, I cast Fireball. I don't care how small the room is. I cast Fireball. I cast Fireball. Um, so, so and, then, and then the one, two, three, you know, it, 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 they're, again, really well done. The, the, the art in them is, is fun and everything. So, I really like those. And I have, I, I got those as soon as I heard about them. And then I also have uh, the Young Adventurer's Guide. Have you have you seen those? The what? They're called the Young Adventurer's Guides. I've heard of them. I, I think. think there's four of them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, one is like, you know, it's basically about the races and the classes and one is about the armor and one is about, so it's like, they're, they're just, you know, it's just a way of like, you take, there's no rules or anything. There's no scores. It's just talking about, here's what a wizard does. Here's what, you know, what it's like to, what dwarves are like, you know, it's, it's just kind of yeah. describing the world um, before you get on to like playing the game. So it's just kind mm -hmm. of, you know, so I, again, I bought them as soon as I, um, <laughs> you know, as soon as I saw them, I thought, that, and I've got them on my shelf and I'm hoping that one day, you know, the kids will like, like them, like as they start to get into Dungeons and Dragons or whatever. So we'll see. Yeah. So, but that's the fun and happy uh, Dungeons and Dragons news. I believe there's some other news in the. Uh... Yeah, there's some other news for sure. Okay. So. um, For those who don't know. Recently, let me let me let me just hold on. Before I even go into the news, do a quick little side chat. So, for a long time now, there has been something called the open game license for Dungeons and Dragons, dating back to three point five. And what is that? What that is is that was it's a short little like document. It's about nine hundred words. It could fit on one page with like fine print, basically giving everyone, hey. We are allowing you to basically take our system and do your own thing with our system, make up your own wonderful lands and spells and monsters and things. Open game, the, the OGL, the open game license, what it's called. Go have fun. So since 3.5, that's been out. Now, fourth edition came out in like 2008. So this is at least... Pre-2008. I'm not sure exactly when the OGL was released, but at some point during 3.5. So OGL says the year 2000. 2000. So we have 23, because this is 2023 now, 23 years of this being the way it's been. You are allowed to make your own free um, campaigns and stories and your own things, and you're allowed to publicly release them. For years, if you're going to the D&D side of Kickstarter, you'll see Dice, and you'll see this is my personal world, this is the book. I want to release it. There's been a bunch of them. I follow a lot of guys on YouTube and there have been guys on YouTube who are like, okay, we're releasing our D and D book and they've gotten wonderful support for that. Um, I have a friend who got one of those books. He didn't publish one, but like he worked closely with someone who was making a book and that was kickstarted and it went well. So like I, I know, and I've seen several times where like, this is great. And it, it's, it's a great way to see, people enjoy your work and it's been fun with that said maybe about a week ago at this point a little more a little less Wizards of the coast came out and they wanted to update the open game license uh to so we're at 1.0 they said this is 1.1 some things were adjusted so before, um, like I said, they were allowed to see go hog wild, have fun. Good luck, kids. We'll be back at 10. Don't destroy the house. You know, like a fun parent from the 80s. Have your friends over. Watch the WrestleMania. Get a pizza. Here's $30. We're going out to Maury's house to play cards. Have fun. Leaves. Now what they're doing is some of the new things that were announced in the new OGL. All creators 
earning over $50,000 per year have to report your earnings to Wizards of the Coast. First thing. So if you put out West Coast Scotlandia Adventures, wonderful book, everyone loves it. You make over $50,000, West Coast Scott has to go on to, I believe it's a certain website, and document I have made $60,000 from West Coast Landia Adventures. Fantastic. When West Coast Landia Adventures reaches $750,000, West Coast Scout have to pay a percentage of revenue, not profit, revenue, of that $750,000. So after you reach that goal, you're now paying. Wizards also automatically has a claim to whatever content you create as a sub-license. Hmm. So they can take your content, repackage it, share it, and do whatever they want. It's theirs. And you don't get anything back for that. Any content that isn't a PDF or a book is not allowed. Next thing. Wait. any con- so, so you cannot put a PDF or a book out anymore? If it's not a PDF or a book, it's not allowed. Oh, okay. So no audio, video. So, I mean... Like so, I, I know that uh, what's a Critical Role is like a, affiliated with uh, Wizards of the Coast at this point, but this would say something like that. You couldn't develop something so, new like that. So, Roll Twenty would be affected by this. Oh, so because you have to do D and D, what's it called? What's their version of it? So, Roll Twenty is is just a virtual way to play D and D. I use that because I'm running a campaign for my friends who I don't live near. Mm-hmm. We run a campaign through that. You could buy the book through that, and then it basically lets you, it gives you maps and characters and all that fun stuff. And you could also, on Roll20, create your own stuff. That is a, another thing. So you have to use D&D Beyond now? You, know, you have to use their... They, they want you only that. using official stuff would be the thing. Yeah. Another big thing, any past version of the OGL is null and void. Right. So... What this would also so everything that was pre according to this in can January fifth everything pre January fifth all that contract null and void nothing exists despite what the wording saying is perpetual irrevocable and could not be replaced by any new version this new one straight up says no we lied <laughs> um, also they put a little tiny clause inside this new OGL that said as long as we give thirty day notice. We can adjust this. Yeah. So that was a big thing. So a lot of people are up in arms, a lot of backlash, a lot of horrible things. Now, what does that lead to? Not too long after that, there was a leak because all of this came in a leak. There was a leak that came out that um, this was coming out and that there were certain rules too. Kickstarter was involved, and there was someone from Kickstarter and the higher ups who noted that hey, um, Kickstarter was approached by Wizards of the Coast for this, uh, for these issues. I think if you kickstarted a book, you would have to pay less than if you regular spot if you regular funded the book. There was some kind of there's gonna be some kind of Kickstarter exception, was supposed to be the rule as well. I'll be honest, I didn't even read too far into that. But after all of this came out and the huge reaction. A Wizards of the Coast employee who, at least in the post they made, said they could back it up if whoever they got it from was asking, released a little document saying that how they currently work at Wizards of the Coast working on D&D Beyond. And 
couple things they talked about. They briefly they are delaying the OGL, which is the coast, due to the backlash. This decision was based entirely on the probable impact to their bottom line. And specifically, they were looking at D&D Beyond subscriptions and cancellations as the quickest financial data they currently have. And they are currently hoping the community forgets, moves on, and they can still push it through. So they had no intention of pulling anything back. So they basically see the consumer as stand that, and this is a quote from this as well, that the consumer is standing of the, in the way of their own money. <laughs> Sounds like uh, Hasbro. Because Hasbro has said recently that D&D is horribly under-monetized. In one of the last meetings, they spent like 30 minutes saying, oh, we don't monetize enough from, from Dungeons and Dragons. We don't make enough money from it, which was horrible. That was like the last fireside chat they had right before the OGL came out, talking about how under-monetized it is. I think that's the title um, of the show, under-monetized. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there was a lot of pushback. Um, and there was a lot of, there was a big movement online that said, Hey, cancel your D and D beyond subscriptions so that Wizards of the Coast knows that we give a shit. Cause if that's what they're looking at, cancel. There was a big movement, big push from people online, canceling their subscriptions to D and D beyond to show like, Hey, this OGL is fucking dumb. And then about at the time of recording, nine hours ago, D&D Beyond personally released an update on the OGL where they talked about the backlash and they said some of the, th- the major goals they had in mind with the new OGL. I'm going to read them to you now from the article. First, we wanted the ability to prevent the use of D&D content from being included in hateful and discriminatory products. Fine. Yeah, nobody's that got a sounds, problem with that. No one's a problem with that. Cool. Second, we want to address those attempting to use D&D in Web3, blockchain games, and NFTs by making clear that OGL content is limited to tabletop role-playing content like campaigns, modules, and supplements. I thought NFTs died, so I thought this was a weak <laughs> reasoning. Yeah. Because I don't know. I thought that whole market crashed. So, unless I'm wrong, <laughs> I thought NFTs and all that stuff is going down the shitter. I mean, we'll see what happens to that guy that... Uh went went overseas with everybody's money and then they they yeah, brought yeah, it back yeah. So. and then yeah and then the last I mean, thing his, his <laughs> next his next plan was to open uh, a D store with it all nfts but we'll see yes and the last thing is and third we wanted to ensure that the ogl is for the content creator the home brewer the aspiring designer our players in the community not major corporations to use for their own commercial and promotional purpose like hasbro so, I mean, let me just cut in here real yes. quick. Like, yes. Pathfinder exists yes. based on this, right? So, isn't Pathfinder this essentially putting grew. Pathfinder out of business? Pathfinder grew from something similar to this way back when. When 3.5 happened and there was a big divide, that grew Pathfinder. Pathfinder was born out of this kind of strife. <laughs> right. And there's been a lot of people I've seen online too. It's like, okay, cool. D&D is going to do this. Here are these under wonderful games. And I've seen people talk about online. I haven't seen anyone talk about GURPS outside of this programming in a while. I've seen yeah. GURPS. I've seen Pathfinder, all the different versions of Pathfinder, Starfinder, 
other like but you know like tabletop up rpg games but is is pathfinder no longer based on the ogl and they can continue to exist or will this put shut them down pathfinder i believe is separate because there's the ogl and then there's like um i forget it's like a srd which is basically like a systems basically there is another thing where all aboard all the tabletop rpgs like commune about just like sharing generic ideas so pathfinder won't be affected by this i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure pathfinder is its own separate company so it's not affected by the ogl 3.5 will be affected if there's stuff that was made under the ogl for 3.5 and fourth edition but i don't believe pathfinder would be affected hmm. interesting um so like i said a lot of backlash came out because what this was doing and what it was basically you know if you wanted to release something like people have been doing for 20 years and really help develop something of your own watsi at any moment can just say hey cool that's mine now i your intellectual property is my intellectual property yeah and you know it's I don't blame Wizards of the Coast for this. I don't. Because their dad is Hasbro. I blame Hasbro. Once again. So, I learned from watching you, Dad. Exactly. So, does this... It, it, I guess it's not retroactive. Or is it? I mean, that that, that would well, be a so, question. Right? So, right now, it's, it's not in. Right now, it's not in due to the backlash. Right now, we're still dealing with the old OGL. What this is doing is it would retroactively... Anyone who's made over $750,000 from like 2000 to now on a their own story thing like that, cool. Now you owe us money because we canceled that old contract. So everything. So I got to say, I don't think it'll hold up for starters. I'm not a lawyer, right? And if yes. you're a lawyer, call the GVM line. 201-730-2547. But you, that's, you cannot make a unilateral change, right? First of all, the contract... Are the, the the open gaming license said we're never going to change this. So yes, it was irrefutable in perpetuity. It was everything to keep it immortal until apparently January fifth, when they said no more. It's dead. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like they're going to have you know in court they're going to have trouble enforcing one point one because of that language in one in one point mm -hmm. um, And second, things that happened before this contract. Right. Or, you know, this license. Right. Yes. Y you know, yeah, I wrote, you know, I created that 10 years ago under OGL 1.0. And now you're going to tell me you're going to go back and, you know, like I can see something that gets published after whatever they finalized OGL 1.1. But yeah. I can't, you know, I can't imagine them being able to enforce anything that was created that can be proved to be created before that contract was even in existence. Yeah. But I'm not a contract lawyer. Exactly. That's something for an. That's for, as my catchphrase I've coined. That's something for an adult to figure out. <laughs> I am not that adult. So, you know, the thing is, and we've talked about on the show, I think, you know, one D and D is on the horizon. That's supposed to. That's slated for, I believe, twenty twenty four. I don't know what point twenty twenty four. So we're moving to a new edition of Dungeons and Dragons. Hasbro is pushing for a up mon an up increase of monetization of D and D, anyways. So Hasbro is going to do everything they can to milk every dollar out of customers. Like they said themselves, like it was said in that, in that leak from the, the second leak, essentially 
we are standing in the way of their money. <laughs> the customer is standing in the way of of their own money. Yeah, I mean, I so, I get that you know, every Kickstarter based on you know, 5e rules mm-hmm. that's a module, that's money out of their pocket. I get that. But they yeah. shouldn't have they shouldn't have let them do it back in 2000. I mean, you know, too bad. It was you, you good know, enough for 20 years. <laughs> and, and and so the, so now again, I I did have to take when I got my MBA, I had to take a law class. And okay. there is uh there's a legal term called estoppel. Basically mm-hmm. meaning you let me do it and you didn't stop me. So now you can't suddenly change your mind and say I can't do it. So that is another even though it, it's already in the contract, oh, you can do this forever. The fact that for 20 something years you've allowed everybody to use your rule system without any compensation or ownership or whatever you can't change it now so i also think that's another again if you're a law if you're a lawyer call the gvm line 201-730-2547 or email us at geeksoftng at gmail.com also if you are part of the people uh canceling your dnd subscription uh, take a screenshot and send it to us. We'd love to see it. Absolutely. Maybe we'll enter you into a contest. Also, comments made by Sandwich and West Coast Scott are not meant to be legal advice, uh, nor taken as such. Disclaimer. No. <laughs> disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Send it to our lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Big Kev's lawyer stuff. Uh, okay. Big Kev's lawyer stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's going to be a really interesting year for Dungeons and Dragons. Um, no one we're going into one D and D. You know they're going to be releasing that test material for, for the next system. You know they're going to work on this OGL. They want to push it. There's a reason they put it out is because we wanted uh, critiques and criticism for a new OGL. The goal is to get a new one. That is their goal, and their goal is also to milk you for every dollar you have. So, take everything into consideration. Five E was wonderful. It's my favorite RPG system I've ever played. I love that you, and, you. It's already in the past tense for you. Five E was. It was a great thing. Oh, remember the good oh, old yeah. days when there was Five E? No, but I mean, it's, it's already in the past. There's still more Five E books yeah. coming out, right? <laughs> well, you know, it's it's we're still getting we're gonna get like six books this year, so it's not like we're done with Five E. But it's the fact that people are already, you know, talking about one D and D. It, it feels like they're they're killing my they're killing it before it, it had a chance. To, the the party's know? the party's winding down. Some people are like, ah, yeah. it's getting late. Got to be hitting that old yeah. dusty trail. Yeah. So for everything Five E was, you know, think about, you know, me and my friends who I play Five E with, with this OGL side and all the stuff about One D and D, are literally talking to each other like, hey, do we want to do One D and D, or do we want to do Pathfinder? Or do we want to do Starfinder? Or do we want to do this? Or do we want do we want to stick around and see what they do? Because Hasbro is being a bunch of pains in the butt. I don't want to curse you that one. They're not doing what they are, have been doing for 20 years. They're trying to change the status quo so that they can get more money. Because they don't care. Because they know that Dungeons and Dragons is one of the biggest names. Not just in geek culture, just in the world right now. There's too many eyes on Dungeons and Dragons for them not to monetize that. I appreciate the fact that they need to make money on D&D. I totally appreciate that. Totally and completely. I have no problem with them making money as a business. They have to do that to make to, you know, to keep producing product 
I get it completely. What I don't get is that there's been something that had been bringing people to D&D and something that people have been doing for D&D for 20 years, long enough that the OGL can almost buy a beer. The OGL can buy a beer if it came out in 2000, right? I think we said 2000. Yeah. It can buy a beer. The OGL's legal can vote. The OGL can drink beer. The, OG, the only thing the OGL can't do is rent a car. The OGL has to wait another three years before it can rent a car. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, you, the argument would be that without all the contributions of the third parties, 5e wouldn't, they wouldn't be as successful as they are today. Right. No. I, I mean, I, you know, and I don't know. And that's arguable. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's it, it, also D and D's passed through a lot of hands between, you know, TSR and, and where it is today. So I, I, I don't know. I, do you think, I mean, so I, I think possibilities are, uh, you know, the creators outside of wizards of the coast stop supporting the format and nobody moves on to D and D one. And it kind of ends with five E and that, and it kind of fails going forward. And then maybe somebody acquires the license or whatever, but I mean, maybe this existence of five E stuff just kind of, that's it, you know, whatever the six more books that you get. And then that's, that's it for five E and there it is. You've got, all the content for 5e and there will never be any more but that's the version that we're still playing 20 years from now right i mean you know because that was the best version of that was as far as wizards of the coast could take right. D because when they got to one D, it failed you know yeah. or i mean or maybe yeah. one D moves on and then and, and they get past this and and they own you know they don't let anybody else create but they're able to create enough but but they can't create enough to keep people going right if you really are avid and not a home brewer mm-hmm. i mean what as soon as the module comes out you get together with your friends you play it it's a, a maybe a month later you're ready for another one they're not ready you need that third party content because they cannot create the content fast enough right oh yeah no if, if we were getting books every two weeks then maybe but we're not and we don't expect that no one is expecting that from from Wizards of the coast and i don't think anyone is no one doesn't how do I say this? I don't want one D and D to suck. I know I, I I have no excitement for it, but that's because it's new, and I'm you know I'm worried about what it's going to be. Maybe it's great. Maybe one D and D is fantastic, and I have lots of fun. Um, but it's just the way Hasbro is handling things, and so many facets of their company, not just toys, not just cards, not just D and D as a company, they're mishandling of the customer their mishandling of the consumer and their the way they look at us as once again from that in the way of their money what is the point not was the point why would i be excited for something new from hasbro at this point yeah we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to make all the stuff that you've bought obsolete so you have to buy new stuff that we're gonna sell you and we're not gonna let anybody else sell you stuff. I mean, again, I, I get the business model aspect of it, but it's not customer friendly. I mean, so let's see. So Hasbro owns Wizards of the Coast. So we're talking D and D. We're talking Magic. We talked a lot about the Magic: The Gathering kind of squeezing yeah. th- their their fans. And then you move over to you know, I mean, Kev has ranted for years about the the, the figures and the toy lines coming out of Hasbro, especially this, especially the Star Wars side of things. So, I mean, man, it almost feels like, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a big corporation. Big corporations ruin things. 
I mean, at the end of the day, that's what they do. Because what's the function of a corporation to make money for their shareholders? Not to make their customers happy, not to make a quality product. That is not the function of a corporation. Yeah. (laughs) You know, not not to be anti-capitalist here, but that is not their function. It is not to create good content. It's to make money. And now, again, you know, if they sometimes if you make a good product, then you also make money, but not always. And sometimes you can make a shitty product and still make money. Uh, you know, I will I will move on to this the next uh, batch before we close out the D and D segment because it's so closely related. Literally, there's uh, investors in Disney right now accusing this, the company of nickel and diming not just uh, customers but cast members and everyone uh, with this short term thinking about getting squeezing money out of people now. That's not a viable or a good long term. Uh, solution you know and, and i mean there's a lot several stories about uh disney and we mentioned that uh bob Iger's coming back uh to replace chapek and is already starting to roll back some of those unpopular um uh, and price gouging you know things that that uh chapek did so hopefully disney can kind of get it together but i mean it really is just i mean you know corporations never make things better they are not yeah. looking out for you they're not trying to you know, I mean, if they can find a niche that they can exploit for profit, that's what they're there to do. Occasionally, there's a golden era where things are kind of good for the for the the people that they're serving. But eventually, oh, it's under monetized. Let's change it. You know, let's make the money. And that's just bad. It's trash. Yeah. It's D&D. Warriors that terrify, it's D&D. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, you know, like I said, it's kind of rough uh, over there. Is there any anything else we want to cover? There's still tons of news that we can we can hit, but uh, maybe we should wrap this one up and, uh, and move on for the week. What do you think? Yeah, I'm pooped. Pooped? All right. So let's hit the... Let's uh, hit the social medias and, and move on i will do the basics right be sure that you're following the show on all the uh, social medias facebook twitter instagram it's geek stuff tng and all those places uh support us over on the patreon again a dollar a month you get access to the discord server three dollars a month it's the early bird special we're on a new recording schedule so you get the early bird of the show over the weekend and the new episodes drop on mondays now and then uh for five dollars a month you get uh the bonus episodes, which is the vintage episodes of Big Kev's Geek Stuff, as well as the uh, extra shows that we might do, like a sandwich shop. And then for $10 a month, you can watch the show live and direct on Instagram Live when Kev is able to join us. We hope he'll be able to get back to us soon. Again, handling that year-end uh, paperwork, it takes a lot out of him. Um, until, uh, let's see, you can follow uh, you can follow me on uh, PyDayCa... Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at PyDayScott. What's Kev? BK Geek Stuff everywhere. BK Geek Stuff everywhere that isn't Xbox. Xbox. Big Kev GS. Big Kev GS. And then what about you, Mr. Sandwich? I am Fat Domeldore, F A T D O M B L E D O R E, everywhere except Twitter, which I'm currently not there. I'll get there at some point. I keep saying it, but I'll sit down and make a Twitter maybe at some point soon. And then I'll be, I'll be active on Twitter. Sure, now that Elon owns it, you're all ready to go. Now you're all in on Twitter. Get your, I, I you're gonna get your if NFTs. You're the billionth person to join Twitter this year. You get a Tesla. Nice, nice. That's that's good. 
All right. Well, with that, we will end this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 705, that we are calling Under Monetized. The way we end some episodes by saying, Good night, Lisa Marie Presley. Wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music. Good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. <laughs>